Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. The thing that stung most about Cuba, the 2-1 loss to a Trinidad and Tobago side that had nothing to play for, who knocked us out of going to the 2018 World Cup, was the sluggishness of the American performance. This is Bell speaking, by the way. <laughs> maybe it was the lack of rotation. Maybe it was a lack of collective morale, intra-squad strife. Maybe the overall American malaise of the moment. Whatever it was, that team didn't have the fire. They didn't play with the required intensity in unglamorous corners of the region when it counted most. And we missed the World Cup. Now is when it counts. Every goal, every point matters. So here's a message from one fan. Just bells to the young players about to embark on this qualifying campaign. Gio, Wes, Tyler, Serginio, Anthony, Josh, Miles, Chris Richards, eventually, we assume, <laughs> Eunice, Timmy, Brendan, Conrad, and Ricardo. If you and your teammates come out focused and serious and flat out just play hard, the fans will adore you for it. And we will most probably win and most probably go to the World Cup. So let's do this, boys. Greg, how you doing? Bells, it's happening. It is happening. Uh, four years in the making. It's happening. Uh, I think you left out George Bello. I'm just going to point that out because I was... I did leave I out was, Well, just because yeah. I was going through how outrageously young this team is. And Bello's another 2002, same age as Joe Reyna. Uh, and it's just incredible. Um, you know, our, our big thing when we started this was, will we have that savior by committee? Uh, and the sergeant at arms at this point is having to keep people out of the antechamber. We are, we, the committee has arrived. Yeah. There are many qualified applicants to the committee <laughs> who cannot join the committee anymore. It is a, uh, it is a very exciting time. Uh, I mean, the big news, you know, the big news, big news for me at least is Pepe choosing to play for the USA. It appears to be, it sounds like a permanent thing. I'm expect I'm expecting it to be named a federal holiday here in the next couple. I mean, they have to go back to this date and call it a federal holiday, or or maybe they'll save it for his actual debut. Uh, and I know I know this means a lot to you in particular, Bells. You've been really wanting uh, a specifically, you know, a Mexican American player to choose the U.S. to have both options and to choose the U.S. Uh, and yeah. so yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty cool moment for I think for a lot of people. I mean, I love it. I've got I've got my uh, I always have my part half of my mexico shirt on under a u.s shirt i don't know if some of our newer listeners are aware of that uh but i just i love the fact that we are going to have uh, a little bit extra mexican rep- representation in the in the pool yeah it's awesome because it was you know if pepe weren't in this roster there would be no mexican americans in the roster and um and we don't have to get into all that you could go back and listen to the, the interview with herc if you'd like but this is positive it's like it sets a it sets a precedent every every single time a player chooses it sets a precedent it goes in the bank for one side or the other and um you know it makes it seem more likely that maybe if jonathan gomez eventually you know makes it to that level maybe he'll choose the he'll choose the u.s maybe julian araujo will choose the u.s who knows all right but enough so, enough enough uh it's super happy super positive let's get this september list uh going fair enough okay at, at goalkeeper we've got no surprises turner horvath and stefan uh, center backs, John Brooks, Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, Mark McKenzie, Tim Ream, and James Sands. We will discuss this in detail, but let's just get through the list. Uh, fullbacks are Bello, George Bello, and Anthony Robinson on the left. Uh, Serginio Dest and DeAndre Yedlin on the right. Center mids, a little bit light in this category. We got Adams, McKenney, Acosta, Leggett, and Roldan listed in the roster as a central midfielder. And then the wingers listed in the roster as forwards would be Pulisic, Reyna, Aronson, Wea, and Conrad De La Fuente. And then the strikers are Josh Sargent, uh, Jordan Sibachu, Pifak, and then Ricardo Pepe. So, any high-level thoughts? <laughs> the high-level high-level thoughts are that this roster is a celebration in my mind. Uh, you know, we've talked for a while about how it feels like the player pool is getting uh cute proof like there are just so few places to pick uh cute players and i think that mostly played out here uh there could be some of the most minor quibbling uh spots which there will always be you know by by the definition of you know tiering players or ranking players 
whoever is 27th is going to be pretty close to 26th. So there will always be those discussions. Uh, but overall, man, this this feels like a good roster. Uh, I'm excited for the potential to scoop nine points here. And mostly I'm just excited to see them actually play soccer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we already covered Pepe, but before we get in, we're going to talk later about how to rotate through these games, these three games in one week. Before we get to that, um, let's talk about the, the midfield. It's shorthanded, I think. You got five, five guys uh, nominally listed as midfielders, three games in seven days. What does this mean? Is it, are we going to do three at the back? I think I think Berhalter kind of dodged the question in the presser, which he, but definitely which he didn't should. rule it out. <laughs> he should yeah. dodge that. Uh, you don't need to just give things away that that you don't have to. Um, but yes, when you look at the center backs and the center mids, uh, it would suggest uh, the the possibility of three at the back. And and for me, I think it's a, it's an easy one to say. A lesson from the Gold Cup was to at least give yourself that flexibility. Uh, we we went with three in the back in the second game of the Gold Cup, right? Or, or the third, I'm sorry, against Canada. Uh, yeah. And could only do it for 10 minutes. And then Zimmerman got hurt. And then we didn't have the center back depth to continue to, to trot it back out again. So whether he plans to or not, he at least makes sure he has the flexibility to if he decides to. How's that? Yeah, I guess the, the flip side of that is, does he have the flexibility to go with the regular 4-3-3 for all three games? And I'm not sure he does. You know, at least it's going to get it's going to get tenuous unless uh, unless one of the center backs, James Sands, is deputized as a as a center mid in a 4-3-3, which he can do, at least has done it for club. Or if Gio Reyna is brought into the midfield as an eight, both of which I guess are, I mean, I guess the Reyna thing seems a little more possible than the Sands thing at this moment. Would you say? I, I think they're both possible, man. And and again, you have to assume that the lion's share of the minutes are going to Adams and McKenney and Acosta and probably Legette, right? So uh, so you're just looking for bits and pieces, little places to nickel and dime your way into minutes for those other places. And again, this is assuming we aren't going with a full reign of the center mid uh, transfer at some yeah. point. So uh, I, I think he can get away. I think he can for sure still get away with a 4-3-3. Uh, with the with the players we have on this roster for the whole camp, I, I don't know if if I expect that necessarily now because of the uh, the numbers in play. But the other thing I'll say is, um, are there other center mids that you wish would have been here? Then I, we'll probably talk about some snubs. But are there other center mids in particular that you're like, oh, I definitely would have felt better if they were in this camp to get through this window? I mean, the one the one who comes to mind most obviously for me is Williamson. Like it would it seems like it would have been nice to have him available. But he he doesn't seem to be completely rated by Berhalter. I mean, he did play he did play in the final of the Gold Cup against Mexico, but he didn't play very much before that. It's very confusing <laughs> what Berhalter thinks about Williamson, but so he's the one who comes to mind. I, I know that people are going to talk about uh Luca Della Torre and who else is in the in that mix that's um, for me that's about it julian green would have yeah. a uh i mean could maybe put his name in the ring but again i don't think he's been playing a position that would translate to one of our center mids uh very smoothly i think he'd be more of like a half space guy um after that it's it's tough it'd be I'm, we'll go through all the snubs in the common theme for almost all of them uh especially the ones with experience in the summer camps is that they aren't playing right now for whatever reason either uh they're still recovering from gold cup and still getting integrated into their club team, or maybe there's a move in the works. And so they just haven't gotten back into their uh, lineup. So it's, it's tough. You're not really looking at a long list of center mids who you'd want to bring in. Uh, I'd go to like Keaton parks, but again, he has no experience with the team. This isn't the time that you're going to try to like uh, integrate somebody that, that far into the fringes. I think it's much more likely that you would just be like, all right, well, Sans has been through camps with us. We'll plug him in if in a in a, an emergency. Uh, I know I'm not huge on Roldan as a, as an eight, uh, but he he saw out the Mexico game for 40 minutes, so he's a guy you can plug in in an emergency or or to just eat minutes. Uh, there aren't a lot of obvious answers. Yeah, and that is a that's a fair point. It's um, and I guess the critic the the really the really strident Berhalter critics would say, well, we haven't. We haven't tested these guys enough because we've given all these minutes to legit and rolled on over the over the past several months. And then there's probably there's probably some validity to that. 
Um, I mean, it's certainly an argument that we have made on this podcast specifically about Roldan in the past. For sure, um, for sure. Roldan, and then but, and then you can even go back to some of the choices at six, which you put together a very nice uh, animation for. Um, but, but yeah, like you, you could definitely say like it would have been nice to have gotten some of those guys more minutes instead of like uh, the minutes that went to Jackson Ewell. Um, but where we are right now, I think it's right. totally reasonable uh, to run with what we're running with and not use the very first window of World Cup qualifying uh, to to try to like audition or evaluate new players. And it does seem that Burhalter has mostly gone with the the sort of the streamlining that you that you mentioned. Like no, I mean even Conrad's not a new face because he has been in a camp before. Sands was just with the you know with the team through that grueling Gold Cup campaign, so he's like he's very he's very familiar. And same with Bello. So there isn't really anybody new. There's nobody new on the roster. It's Peppy. It, yeah, it's Peppy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and, and again, the, the other thing to keep in mind is we are not limited to these players. So if there is an emergency, uh, we just call Williamson or we call Luca and they meet us in Nashville for the second game and, and off we go. So uh, we're not limited to just these 26. If something happens that leaves us light, we don't just have to ride through it. We just bring in a new body. Yeah. Okay. So I like... Sands. I want to say something about Sands. I like having Sands there for that that three four three four three three flex that he provides. We've talked about this before. He can play in the middle of a of a three man center back line, and then you know choose when to become essentially a, a central defensive midfielder and just move back and forth between those. I like that role for him. It's pretty much the role I like. The only role I like for him as a center back. And so if Berhalter's bringing him to do that, then I, then I think that's, that's pretty cool. And I like it. Yeah. I'll stick with the center backs here and I'll, and I'll jump onto Tim Ream, uh, who I think, you know, people are going to have questions about, uh, Ream is playing regularly. That does again, like we talked about when we get through some other snubs, that seems like that could be an easy, uh, tipping point for some players, for some decisions. Ream has already been playing with Fulham. He's probably five games into a season already. Uh, and I also start to think of Tim Ream as, as basically a player coach at this point. Uh, yeah, he is by far the oldest player on the roster. Uh, we, even our goalkeepers are young. It is insane how young our team is at this point. Uh, but Reem's like five years older than the next oldest player who is Sebastian Legette, by the way, our second oldest player is the ancient 28. Like yeah. The ancient Sebastian Legette. Uh, it's, we are a young, young squad. And Reem is, uh, Reem's always like standing up, talking to Burhalter on the sideline, even like, even when. He's not playing or not about to play. So he's kind of like a player coach almost. That's I honestly think of him that way. And and that doesn't mean he won't play. I don't know if he's if he if Berhalter has him, you know, in mind to start one of these three games in, in, in whatever game, you know, potentially that John Brooks doesn't start or as a third center back uh, or God forbid, as a left back fill in seems unnecessary, Ugh. but uh, can't rule that out. Yeah, I'll say I do. I am not 100 percent comfortable with either of the backup fullbacks Yedlin or Bello. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for Bello that he's, that he got this, he's, he got the nod here. He was quite good in the gold cup final against Mexico. Um, he's still, he's just still very young and he, his sample of like excellent performances is small. Um, and I wouldn't even say that the gold cup final performance was, was quote excellent. It was, he was, he, he held his own. So I so that that's a little bit of a concern. Maybe things things go sideways, and suddenly we do see Reem at left back. It's not like like we have certainly seen stranger things. And um, I'm not. I know I get why Mackenzie. Well, I get why Richards is left off. He's not playing, but neither is Mark Mackenzie. Yeah, Mackenzie has probably like. 400 around 400 minutes so far this season so he hasn't like completely not played he's just fallen off and he hasn't played he has in like 400 minutes uh belgium started their season i think in july their their new season okay. started so he's got uh like maybe three or four starts under his belt already um but then those were in the first few games of the season when their colombian uh kids were still at copa america or just getting back from copa america mm. since they've been back uh, McKenzie's minutes have fallen off, so it seems like the trend is he, he's sort of falling out of falling out of the rotation there a little bit. There could still be some moves like the we we don't need to get too deep into McKenzie's future, but the the point is uh, 
you're right. His, his minutes have, have fallen off a little bit too, but he is playing. And the other thing is he probably is not transferring anywhere soon. And Chris Richards is, it seems very likely that he could be moving out of Bayern Munich over the, in the next like four or five days. It would have to be in the next four or five days. Yeah. And so then maybe that's uh that's just Berhalter's throwing him a bone or using that as a, as a reason to keep him out. Um, I, was that your, I was that your biggest surprise? The, was Richards your biggest uh, omission? Mm, I yeah, I think so. But I, I but I get it. I I guess all I'm saying is I I I don't feel comfortable with Mackenzie. Scares me. Mackenzie scares <laughs> me back there. He still does. Well, and I, the, the good I want him to succeed, but he's he makes me nervous. He was he was. I would say he was he was good against Honduras in the Nations League. Uh, you know, in all of the friendlies, he's been fine. He hasn't played that many games for us, oddly enough. Right. Uh, the, the friendly against uh, Costa Rica, which was, you know, Costa Rica seemed to be tanking to get rid of their coach. Um, but he was fine against Honduras. And that's a, that's a decent data point. Uh, and that's true. And even though he wasn't great against Mexico, or he had those really bad moments. I do think it's important that he didn't like completely melt and collapse afterwards. Uh, also true. And we're not playing Mexico in this window. We're playing um teams that are not as strong as Mexico. Uh, I don't know. I don't Again, I think I would probably have three of these center backs ahead of McKenzie. So if he's our fourth center back, he, he might not see minutes. Uh, but if he does, I wouldn't, it's not, I wouldn't give him minutes. Yeah. All right. I, it, I, would, I would stick with miles and Zimmerman and Brooks. I, that's, that's what my rotation will be. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Should we just run through the, the snubs since we just talked about Richards? Yeah, please. You, you, you can you do that? All right, I'll kind of go. I'll kind of go back to front here. Uh, so no goalkeeper snubbed, obviously. Uh, Chris Richards left off. I hope that's not offensive to any of the other goalkeepers in the pool. Um, Please, <laughs> that that was offensive to other goalkeepers in the pool. Uh, Richards left off again. He's at this point. If if you're not uh, keeping track of what he's doing with Byron, uh, he has 45 minutes plus. I think two minutes of uh, stoppage time nonsense uh, in the league. But 45 minutes in the Pokal were his first was his first action of the season yesterday, and it was in a 12-0 game, so it's yeah. it's not a competitive environment. And again, it's, it seems likely at this point that he's either just getting back to health, which is why he might have only played 45 minutes yesterday, or he's not enough in he's not in their plans enough that he didn't even start the Pokal match, so he could be on his way out on loan or to be sold. Yeah, I hope he. I hope he goes back to Hoffenheim. I don't know if that's still in the cards, but, um, yeah. All right, go somewhere where you can play. Fullbacks. We've got Reggie Cannon, Shaq Moore, Sam Vines, who are all on the Gold Cup team, and there's going to be a trend here. But who have since uh, just gotten back to their clubs. In Vines's case, he actually transferred to Royal Antwerp from Colorado Rapids, uh, and all three of them are either just now working into their club's minutes or in the case of Reggie Cannon, not being included at all. So he could be looking at a move here in the next couple of days. Uh, hard to know what's going on at Boa Vista. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a train wreck there. Uh, but again, the, the theme here is the players who are at the gold cup from Europe, who are just getting back to their clubs, aren't being worked in yet. So this world cup qualifying window is just at an awkward time for them to play the gold cup don't play for a month and then come back in and play. They basically have all been left out. Yeah. Um, and I, so those you go, go ahead and do some more snubs, please. <laughs> you just love hearing about snubs. Joe Scally is, uh, is, is a guy who you could, you could consider a snub. Um, he's breaking through in the Bundesliga. Uh, he had a rough outing. He got kind of rinsed by a player who's going to rinse a lot of Bundesliga fullbacks. Um, in their last game, Musa Diaby. Yeah, and interestingly, uh, I'm going to call it interesting because it's 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 not something you celebrate. I think both of Gladbach's other top fullbacks got hurt in that match. Scally started on the left, their right fullback got hurt. Scally moved over to the right, and then I think the left fullback who was coming back from injury got hurt again. May have reaggravated. Is that right? I didn't know that. So it was just a disaster of a match for Gladbach, and uh, unless they move for more fullbacks in like an emergency transfer this week uh it seems like scally's gonna be looking at decent playing time uh so he'll have this opportunity now because of this so again totally fine leaving him there the timing of this window is just a little tight for maybe including him again especially when you have other options who uh have done very well for themselves either early in the season with robinson with fulham or 
Bellow in the Gold Cup, and then with Atlanta afterwards. We just have a lot of guys who are very match fit. Uh, I'm not a big like form guy. Like, oh, if Gio Reyna has a couple of bad games for Dortmund, I don't care. He's playing for Dortmund. Uh, so that kind of form doesn't matter to me. But match fitness is obviously very important. And uh, there there might be questions about, you know, how match fit Joe Scally could be. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not I'm not raising a stink that Scally's not there. I do think it's interesting how our full, you know, we we think of a lot of us think of our right back depth as uh, sort of unassailable. Like it's we have so many good right backs and that's part you know, that's been some of the message we hear from fans on why Julian Araujo may choose to play for Mexico is that the depth at right back is so good. And I, I, that doesn't seem, that doesn't feel as true right now as maybe it even did to me a couple months ago. Cannon and Yedlin and Moore are all kind of, I don't know, a little bit indistinguishable in terms of how, how good they are. I think Last thing I'll say about dual nationals on this episode, but I think if Araujo really wants to get in, get in and like, and make a run at it at at being a, on a World Cup roster for the U.S., he has a chance. Like he can, there's it, the door is open, and I hope he, I hope he goes for it. Hundred percent agree with that. It's it's kind of like what our center back situation was over the past year and a half. Uh, we have a lot of options that are serviceable. Uh, none that necessarily stand out in a great way. Even Brian Reynolds at Roma. Uh, they don't stand out in this huge way, um, but that door is open and the young guys, especially Scali, Araujo, Reynolds could definitely explode in a way that uh, we've seen some of our other younger kids sort of explode. Uh, and if any of them do, it's it, the job's theirs, right? At the very worst, the backup job. Yeah, it does. It doesn't right. feel like Shaq Moore is going to explode to a new level, right? Right. He's and I, he, I'm fine with him, you know, being on a on a U.S. squad and playing in a meaningful game, I think he, I think he, he'd do fine. But like, yeah, he's surpassable. I was, I was hoping um, to see him. He was, he was one of the names again. Very, I have very few issues with the roster overall, but I was hoping to see more just because I've loved uh, following more through the Segunda uh, and thinking that he very easily could be uh, a passable depth option. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think I would have preferred him over Yedlin. I mean, just on like sporting merit, I think there's like an argument that Yedlin's experience is valuable and his specifically his experience in World Cup qualifiers away in CONCACAF, which I'm not going to discount. I, but, I think um, that probably plays a, a part here. Same reason I think he probably started the Mexico uh, Nations League final. Okay. Um, other, other snubs. So I'm going to move into the midfield and we already talked about Williamson, uh, wasn't great in this first 45 minutes back from Austin or from, uh, whatever he was out for the, like this health and safety protocols. He was down in Austin playing in like a hundred degree weather, uh, not his best video to send to Berhalter the, the couple days before selections have to be made. Uh, I'm, I'm not sweating it too much. Again, if, if there is an emergency, we can bring him or someone else in. Uh, the other guys we mentioned, Luca De La Torre and Julian Green, these are the two exceptions in that they're both playing. Luca De La Torre has been playing for Heracles since the season started, uh, and Julian Green's been playing for Firth um, in the Pokal and now in the Bundesliga. So those would be like the other guys, but we haven't integrated Green into the team yet, so you'd be using some level of time and energy to get him up to speed. Uh, and De La Torre, I mean, we basically just don't know enough about him yet. Uh, he was in the March friendly. That was his first camp with the team and got about 30 minutes in that camp. Uh, didn't play in the gold cup. And remember like this was one of those things where there was just a lot of balancing that had to be done for a lot of players, whether to come and play, uh, which would mean missing your team's preseason and then being slowly integrated into your club team, which is what we've seen from a lot of guys who are not called into this window or he could have played gold or he could have stayed with his club, which is what he did. And then he doesn't get the opportunity to shine in the gold cup the way some guys did to stake his claim. So he's just kind of in this limbo right now. And just like with some of the other guys, I don't think there's any real urgency to try to get him in. Yeah, I would have, I mean, now in retrospect, it would have been awful nice to have him in the gold cup. If nothing else, than just to see what, you know, see, see what he had. But Say lovey, I guess. <laughs> I wanted him in the Gold Cup too, just because it seemed like his his job at Heracles was not in doubt. Like he he was their every game starter at the right. at last season, so it's not like oh man, he's really got to you know make a statement to to keep his spot. Um, whereas it was the opportunity to make like the full statement uh, 
at the Gold Cup. And and I don't know that it certainly doesn't seem like Burhalter was begging him to come to the Gold Cup. It very easily could have been that Burhalter was saying, "Hey, look, like I'm not. I'm probably not going to bring guys who go to Gold Cup, go back to their clubs, and then aren't playing because that's what we've just seen happen." Uh, so it, it's it was again there was this double edged sword situation where there might not have been a great uh, option for, at least to get into this window. We'll have to see what happens in October for Luca yeah. and and these other snubs we're talking about. Yep. All right, up top. Uh, yes. Uh, it's Hoppy, right? Matthew Hoppy's the. Yeah, he's the big snub. Uh, I think. Other than Richards, most surprising, but again, it fits the same theme of uh, he hasn't played yet since the Gold Cup final. He hasn't played, uh, and this isn't punishment. This is again just like being realistic about match fitness and combining that with the other options that we now have in the pool that are really good at soccer. Uh, it just means that you don't have to force somebody back. Who's not match fit where we just have this sort of luxury. Now I was looking at the Kuva, uh, 26 man roster from its announce, uh, announcement in October. It doesn't, it doesn't have the quality that we're seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta just keep, keep, keep saying that how, how much of a celebration this is. <laughs> we'll say that um, in, until we, until we take three points from this window. Right. Well, yeah, that's uh, that, when we get into rotations, there's some, there's some stuff to say about that. So, um, any other, any other stuff? I mean, Zardes is hurt. So there's no, there's really no striker snubs. Um, I'm a, it is a little surprising to me that Conrad made it as a winger, not a, not, to, not a snub, but an, like the opposite of that. Well, you want, especially in a 26 man camp, you wanted him. Uh, I was ready to actually, as soon as we got done recording last one, the projection, I was ready to be like, oh, duh, of course Conrad has to be there because Pulisic is a maybe. We don't know for sure if he'll be able to play or what his status will be. He has to pass, you know, these tests to even travel to the U.S. So if anything goes wrong on a test, like, that's it, he's not coming. And, like, you don't want to then scramble to get a guy. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a no brainer to have somebody in. And then at that point, it's either Conrad or it's, uh, I mean, Ariola's hurt, so it'd either be Conrad or Jesus Ferreira. Like, there aren't any other real... We're not bringing Lewis back in, I don't think. So, mm-hmm. Joe Aquini just played for the first time, I think, yesterday after the Gold Cup. So, yes, Conrad makes total sense. Uh, super happy that he's here. Okay. There's the roster, there are the snubs. Yep, that's great. Let's talk about how to rotate in these games. And... um I've got some detailed proposals, but I got to be honest, it could all, it could all go out the window if that El Salvador match doesn't go smoothly, and it may not. Just have to keep reminding ourselves of that. That's the reality of these matches. We like to pretend that we can go into a place like San Salvador and easily get a result, but it's a little like pretending you can use the U.S. military to create a Western-style democracy in Kabul. So, um, fair enough, Bells. Uh, I, I totally don't think it's going to be easy. I, I know I've been, you know, uh, going. At- on about us getting nine points from this window. I don't think it's going to be easy at all. I don't think we're going to waltz through teams, but I still think we will edge them. And I, and you know, you get the full points, whether you beat them five, zero or one, zero. Uh, so I just think we're going to, I think we're, we have the talent now, uh, to do it. Um, and the other thing, uh, I'll just say real quick when we're talking about rotations is, uh, I, the formula is not, we, we hear the, the formula all the time about win at home, draw away. It's like the most repeated non general relativity formula that there is. But it, that's not the formula. That's never been our formula to win at home, draw away. The formula has always been to, to successfully qualify through CONCACAF, win at home, and then beat the weakest opponents in the hex on the road uh, because you're going to lose <laughs> to the strongest hex opponents on the road. That's yeah. been the formula. Mexico and Costa Rica have historically been the ones we lose to on the road. And... Uh... And then we, we, we have not gotten a lot of great results in Honduras or El Salvador, by the way, <laughs> in the hex, much smaller sample size, much more small, much smaller sample size. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So the last three times I've said this before, but the last three times we've qualified for the World Cup, we won two road games, drew one road game and lost two away games. So uh, you, you if you drop if you drop points uh, at El Salvador and say, oh, but it's fine because we can draw away. That means you have to get those points uh, at Costa Rica or at in in Mexico City, and you're just really eliminating a lot of wiggle room uh, that you want to build in. So the formula is to win as many points as possible against the weakest teams in the gr- in the group, and go from there. And we start with, you know, El Salvador is one of the probably two weakest teams on paper in this group. Yeah, 
But they play, I mean, uh, another shout for that John Arnold episode where we, we, we talked about El Salvador, Canada, and Honduras. But we, I mean, El Salvador played well in the Gold Cup. They played, they played with Mexico. They played with, they played with Qatar. They gave up a couple of, like, bangers early in that game. They had a really bad mistake early in the game, like a howler from their central midfielder, Darwin Seren. And, and Qatar punished them on the counterattack. But, like, El Salvador was in that game all the way to the end. They came back, scored two goals late. They were knocking on the door late. They, they could have gotten another. Um, this is a team that our, our Gold Cup squad really struggled against, especially in the first half. So yeah, okay. On paper, they're not very good. With Josh Perez, does couldn't even you know couldn't even make it as a as a bench player for LAFC, and now he's a starting winger for El Salvador. He must be really bad. Well, no, it doesn't always work that way. Um, he's been really good for El Salvador. So, and like I I said I said this on the Discord chat this morning, but like that's this is the this is and then I'll quit beating my drum. But the this is the this is a huge game in San Salvador. Like this is a this is an event. That's about to go down a week from tomorrow, a week from today. And it's going to be a, a crowd that is just rabid and they want to beat the U.S. And the players are going to th- the players are going to throw themselves into this. It is going to be pretty intense. And, you know, if we come at it with anything but sort of like a humble reverence for the CONCACAF region, which is what I'm advocating, then uh, we could easily get punished, and then we go. If we drop points against El Salvador, then we're facing, I think, a strong Canada team, or at least a Canada team that can punish us. Three days later in Nashville, and uh, you know, things could go sideways very easily. I think. I also don't doubt that. So as much as I'm like nine points, here we go. Uh, you're totally right that we could go down to El Salvador and get hit in the mouth, and then you're totally right that uh, Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies do the business against us uh, in Nashville. Um, I don't, I don't have a great response for that other than it's going to shape how I, how I build our uh, El Salvador lineup in our, in our hopeful rotations. Yep. Well, let's, let's do it. Um, I mean, I guess three, three overarching questions for me is uh, which match do you play three at the back? If you're going to play three at the back, Uh, which match do you start George Bellow in? If you're going to start George Bellow and, how do you keep this midfield field fresh? But why don't you do, why don't you give your El Salvador? Is that how you want to do it? You give your El Salvador lineup and then I give mine and. Yeah. And I'm going to give you my sort of guiding principles here too. Uh, like my guiding principle for El Salvador is that that game is actually the toughest turnaround game of the window. And by that, I mean, we have guys coming from all over the place, arriving at different times. Uh, some of them playing Saturday, some of them playing Sunday, some of them in the States, some of them in uh, Europe. And it's just going to be really tough to get everybody on the pay on the same page, uh, like ready to go for that game. And so I am taking uh, the tack from uh, Susueta's uh, suggestion and basically building a team that leans domestic for that game. I think it's it'll be easier to get them together, basically like a lot of the Gold Cup guys, uh, to have them play as a unit and just go down and win uh, a cage match. The, the cage match against El Salvador in part because I think El Salvador are going to try to play against us. You know, that's yeah. the report on them. And I actually think that could play into our favor to just press the bejesus out of them with uh, a cage match 11. Yeah, I like that. Um, so then you would bring in, you bring in a bunch of MLS, like, well, as many MLS guys as you can for that starting lineup. Kind, kind of. Yeah. Just, uh, just not going to, yeah, I'll just run through it. So I, I, I'm going to go with Turner and goal. Uh, I think Turner, is my number one. I think Burhalter will rotate uh, goalkeepers, which again is a huge admission already that Stefan is no longer the untouchable number one in his eyes. Um, and to be honest, Burhalter could already have, it's possible Turner already is the number one in his eyes, but he still might rotate again as sort of a man management, uh, sort of balancing egos and massaging uh, the, the, the personnel there. To keep everyone happy, but anyway, I'm, I'm running with Turner. Or maybe to man- or maybe to maybe to balance his own ego, so that <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to admit right off the bat that anyway. Yeah, I should I should also mention Ethan Horvath. Did I already say excellent in the in his Carabao Cup uh, start a couple of days ago? You, you didn't you didn't say it yet. I've heard you say it elsewhere, but yeah, that's oh my cool. days. Uh, they were playing Wolverhampton. I think I think uh, Forest rotated a bunch of their starters, playing a bunch of like children with numbers in the triple digits and. Uh, 
they were shelled, I think to the tune of like 25 shots, 13 on target. Uh, and I, I posted them before I realized that you can get, get copyright strikes for posting, uh, EFL highlights, but he was making saves that were not run of the mill saves. So he might've seen more saves in that game, uh, than Stefan might see in a season for his man city duties. Um, so a very promising Ethan Horvath shot stopping display. The data on Horvath has been good, man. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about that. Hopefully he can win that starting job at Nottingham Forest. I so think you've got Turner and goal. I've got Turner and goal. So this is where I'm going with uh, the Gold Cup back center backs of Miles and Zimmerman. So I still have Zimmerman over Sands. I think Berhalter probably has Zimmerman over Sands. Uh, but that's my, those are my two center backs for this one. I just don't want to put Brooks directly into the Central American uh, climate straight out of coming from Europe. I, this, lets, this lets him get kind of acclimated. Uh, to the group, to the team, and in the setting, um, and we'll run him out against Canada and Honduras. Okay, Miles. I'll just give you a spoiler right now. I have Miles starting all three games. So, uh, one of the nice things about having all these kids is that kids never get tired. So we will run them forever. Okay. Yeah, I have I have acquiesced to a Robinson Zimmerman pairing for the first game on that on that logic, and also because I really want to throw our best possible lineup against canada you know exactly that's that's kind of where i am too so uh i'm going with bellow at left back this is the game i start him um wow well he just he just went in a final against mexico so it's hard to say like he's not ready for the intensity i guess anthony robinson if you'll remember didn't get the run out against mexico in the nation's league final didn't play at all despite us running through three different players at left back in that game uh so I just, and again, I just want to lean on the on the MLS guys. Robinson's playing a ton of games for Fulham already. Uh, that's kind of a reach. He, he got rotated in the cup match because they Fulham played their kids in that game. Uh, but no, I, I'm I'm sticking with my my guiding uh, principle here. So Bello Bello left back, Yedlin at right back for me. So uh, it'd be it's kind of going out on a limb here, right? To have all these stars come in and then Brooks and Serginio Dest not start in your very first World Cup qualifier. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there's an argument made, uh, again, on the Discord chat this morning that, like, you can't, this is our first game, our first qualifier since Kuva. we got to come out with our best foot forward and, you know, set a tone. And I, I'm a little swayed by that, honestly, but I, but uh, I was, I, I, so I have the same, the same back three of Turner, Robinson, and Zimmerman, but I was going to start Robinson at left back, Yedlin at right back. Um, I do think, and people are going to push back against this, but I do think like Dest is more built for like, Hey, go out there and shut down Alfonso Davies than he is for like, Hey, go out, go down to San Salvador and like, you know, see if you can, uh, corral Josh Perez on a, you know, at 10 PM on a Thursday night. And like, you know, it's just, it's just more, I think Dest likes the, I think Dest thrives on like the facing Davies sort of stuff more than you know the duty and responsibility of like winning away at CONCACAF that is my guess you know right he's still a young person I'll, what I'll say here on the on the uh putting your best foot forward in, in El Salvador is I just I'm I don't feel like convinced that throwing Dest in that game and, and Brooks not that they're bad players not that they're like weak mentally but again just the logistics of it puts them in the best position to set the tone Whereas I feel like DeAndre Yedlin is very much a tone-setting player. He, that's exactly what he did against Mexico. He came in and like kept wrecking guys. Every time he had a chance to run through a guy on the sideline, he ran through a guy's legs on the sideline. Uh, and so I feel like this is where Yedlin can set a tone. Okay. Well, I'm with you on, on Yedlin. I guess since the, the report is that El Salvador is going to be pressing and trying to play soccer against us, um, it does make me feel a little better that we can, you know, we'll be able to create chances and transition. And, uh, you know, it, it, all these guys are mobile. Bellows mobile. Robinson is mobile. Yed, Yedlin is mobile. Zimmerman and Robinson are arguably our two most mobile center backs in the, they're definitely the two most mobile center backs we have in this roster. So I'll put McKenzie in that list, but sure. I'm, I'm not going to, we don't need to, we don't need to quibble despite the quibbling I just did. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's he's my, not as mobile as Robinson. <laughs> That's, that's my that's my back four with Turner. Uh, so we just disagree. You're going Anthony. I'm going Bello. But again, I'm I'm leaning on the domestic side for for this game uh, until we get to the front. But let's do the midfield quick. Uh, so this is where 
I've got Kellen Acosta at the six. Uh, I've got Weston McKenney and Sebastian Legette ahead of him. So this is another like first World Cup qualifier. Add Adams to the bench along with Destin Brooks. Well, a lot of people aren't going to like that very much. <laughs> well, I can I can qualify it with like that is just in in anticipation that Adams won't start all three games. If we feel good about him starting all three games, by all means, play Tyler Adams all three games and, and run Adams, Acosta and McKinney out there, which is the lineup with the midfield I have picked for the Canada home game. Because uh, even though I want to see Reina in there, I'm not brave enough to to actually project uh, a starting with with Reina as a midfielder. Um, so again, this is just, I got to preserve Adam somewhere. So this is the game that Adams doesn't pick. You may like, you can kind of draw it out of a hat if you want, but if you're only going to start guys two games out of three, then this is, this is what you run into. Yeah. And I guess you could, you know, you could start a guy in all three games. Like, I guess you're doing that with Robinson. It's a little bit easier with a center back than it is with a, with a midfielder, but boy, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I, I have, I have the same midfield, Acosta, Legette, McKinney. Oh, all right. All right. Um, so save, we're just saving Tyler for that Canada game, right? Well, yeah, I have, I have subs listed as well for these first two games. And I would, you know, I would bring in, I would bring on Bello for Robinson as soon as it's prudent. And I would bring on Adams for Acosta, you know, just to, just to get, you know, as needed. And also just to give Acosta a break because he's going to. He's going to get a lot of run out too. Well, I'm already going to push back in our imaginary hypotheticals here. Uh, and I'm, I'm not using subs on fullbacks because I'm just going to rotate them from game to game. So unless we have to bring Serginio Dest on to give us some attacking verve, uh, the fullback, you get fullbacks, you guys got to run the 90 minutes. We can't use a sub on you. We got to, we got to rotate the midfield guys and the attackers. If we have the luxury to use subs for straight rest rather than we need to score goals in this game. I just have a little more faith in Robinson than I do in Bello, which I'm not saying is empirical. That is just me <laughs> having a feeling what, about something. What a turnabout for you, by the way. I know Robinson played really well recently for um for Fulham. He's been playing well. Um Wild okay. wild that going from the Premier League to the championship changes your the level of your of your performance. He, uh, my, my mind changes all the time, Greg, you know that. <laughs> I do know that. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad we've got the same midfield then. So that's done and dusted. No, no one can disagree with us there. Uh, front three, front three, I'm running, uh, I'm running Aronson, Sergeant Reyna. And so the, the theme here is, uh, I actually have Reyna and McKenney running, starting all three matches as well. And again, I would happily start Tyler Adams in all three games if we think that he's got the fitness to do it. Uh, without a big drop off or injury risk, but in this game, Pulisic, I think you know, just coming back from COVID, uh, not necessarily going to be in the best shape. Um, Aronson, I think this is the perfect game for him because El Salvador try to play, and that's going to allow him to use his uh, ball chasing tendencies uh, to good effect, along with Sergeant up top, and Reyna is just a nailed on starter. Yep, I have the same front three. And because I, I think those, I think those three will, you know, they'll create opportunities. And um, Legette and McKenney with them, they can. Th- this lineup can get it done. I do worry a little bit that we're not putting that best foot forward with this lineup. And I do worry a little bit that maybe we're disrespecting El Salvador by like leaving some weapons in reserve, some big weapons. But got to make choices here. That's. So so it sounds like we're mostly on the, on board with each other, except uh, except for you've got Bello starting and I've got Robinson. That's actually insane that we that we have the same fully rotated side besides those two. But but the the nature of this again is you have to do this. So you could say we're leaving, we're not putting our best foot forward, or we're we're getting overconfident or whatever, disrespecting El Salvador. But you ha- we have to leave our best players out of game. So we're leaving a few players out of this game. We'll leave a few of our best players out of a, a other game. Uh, somewhere else in this window, like you just can't avoid it unless your decision is to run your players into the ground and really ride those blood oxygen levels as far as you can and see what happens. And I just think that that's a bad uh, approach for a team with our depth compared to teams uh, with the depth of our opponents. Yeah. Yep. Let's go to the Canada game. This one, this one's going to be my lineup's really fun. (laughs) Then you start. 
so I, I don't, I'm agnostic on goalkeeper. I mean, I think it should be Turner, but I, it doesn't particularly matter to me which game there's a rotation in. Uh, well, is that true? <laughs> no, I, no. I think, I think we need Turner against Canada. If, if we're going to rotate, I want to, I actually want it to go Stefan Turner, Turner. I want Stefan to get the El Salvador game and I want Turner to get the Canada game and the Honduras game. Okay. I don't have strong. I don't have a strong objection to that. Uh, so Turner in goal, and then Brooks and Miles Robinson at center back, left same, and right. Same three for three. Anthony Robinson at left back, and hopefully he will. He he will be playing his second game in three days, but uh, hopefully he will have been spelled by Bello in the second half of the El Salvador game. <laughs> it's all. It's all. It's like a house of cards, you know. <laughs> um, and then Adams as the six. Dest at right back. I think he's going to thrive on that opportunity to go toe to toe with Alfonso Davies or to John Buchanan. I mean, like either whoever it is he's up against is going to be a a young gun with a lot of um, excitement around him. You know, uh, I've been I've been seeing that Yedlin like uh, people saying, well, Yedlin's perfect to play against Davies uh, when you might not want to have Dest against him. And we saw Dest against Alfonso Davies in the Nations League, and Dest's like first competitive match for the U.S. And he was a revelation. So I'm like, excited. Him. I'm excited for desperate. Not to say that, you know, Davies is the same player, or the same body mass that he was back then. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the desperate Davies round two. Totally. I think, and I think that it's not a matter of does Dest have the ability. I mean, that's a perfect example. I don't think it's a matter of does he have the ability to defend well, like he can do it. He did it in the, he did, he, he does it when he has to. Um, it's just like, is the stage right for him is what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I love so, it. So Adams as the six, and then um, I'm, pu- I'm going to play McKenney and Reyna as the eights. There we go. Canada. There's our Reyna projection. Okay. Okay. I don't hate it. I would love it. I would actually love if that's the game we did it. And then uh, Pulisic and Wea on the wings, and again, Sargent starting up top. So I don't know if I said it, but Sargent's another guy I've got starting all three games, even though uh, I like PFOC. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at all if Pepe started. Uh, Pfock for some reason to me just feels like the guy you bring in at the end of the game as it's gotten stretched uh, to get you that goal. Um, but okay, so yeah. so the, I think the only difference I have then is I have Acosta, Adams, McKenney in midfield, and Wea on the bench, and you've dropped Reyna into midfield and thrown Wea on there. So well done bells i just i just am really enjoying how our our echo chamber has actually seeped into our own <laughs> skulls we are an echo chamber within an echo chamber so i so i i also have sergeant starting all three matches because i think he he's he's good at connecting play he's a good presser he's a hard worker he can always come off in that right around the hour mark exactly or big exactly. or peppy you know i'm not i don't have Strong feeling. I do want Pepe to play, of course, in this window. But um, <laughs> so just, but, we'll know, just let's did, clarify. Let's clarify the Pepe cap tie rules real quick, just because I know I think Stu. I didn't watch the All Star game, but just there was an. I feel like I saw the transcript of it just from uh, scrolling through Twitter. Uh, Pepe is if Pepe appears in any of these three games, he's still not permanently cap tied to the U.S. But he would not be able to trans- switch file switch to Mexico for three years, so he would definitely miss the World Cup. There's just no realistic scenario where he plays in these games and then goes and plays for Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he would have to like he would have to completely fall out of favor, and then um, and then fall back into favor as an international striker, and then get called up by Mexico. I mean, I it's. For the 2026 cycle. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's it's academic, man. This is this is Bleak House stuff. It's <laughs> it's for the lawyers to deal with. I he If you saw, Pe- Pepe was talking about, you know, he totally affirmed his, his Mexican-American heritage and how proud he is of that. And he totally affirmed that he's a, he's a, he's from, he's from the USA and he, he loves this country and he's going to play for this, for this national team. It just doesn't seem that complicated to me. I know we want to get into the. I know the details are important, but I think you're right. Anyway, long story short, I think you're right. If he plays at all, he won't be able to play for any other national team for three years. And if he and then he if he meets a certain threshold of like a certain number of competitive games, I can't remember the exact number, he he's permanently capped tight anyway. 
You know, for, if he plays in any of these games for us, then as soon as he plays in his fourth game after that, no matter what. So even if he plays in this one game here and then three friendlies next summer, if we even have three friendlies, uh, he'd be cap tied. It, it's when you hit four games, if one of those games was an official match. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> the I th- I think um, and I just think this is a this is this Canada lineup is. It's it's basically our best lineup of of any lineup we could put out there at the moment. Yep, and, I, I agree with that. I think that's basically our best eleven, or or it's a strong contender for our best eleven. There's there's still so many like so much the team's so new playing together that there could easily be like little uh, combinations of players that just end up working better with each other than others that I'm excited to learn about. Yeah. Now, what do you think Berhalter's going to do against Canada? Is he gonna is he gonna drop Brandon in the midfield? Is he gonna try to do a three four three and to match Canada's three five two? I have no idea. Uh, I didn't love our three back system that we ran against Canada in the Gold Cup, but it was a really poorly conceived three back system. It was we ran a, a three five or a five three two by the end of it uh, with how deep we were pinned back, um, and I don't think there's any chance we run a pure two striker system. So that ends up being sort of a wasted data point. There's no way that we're going to, you know, base it. I don't think off that game. Uh, so I really just have no idea, man. Like uh, we, we kind of did a little hybrid uh, against Mexico in the nation's league final, but even that was, I think that was closer to a four back system than, than three in the back. So I plus that game was just chaos. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, I don't know that there's any tactical learning from that. So if my if I if I had to put money down on formations, I would actually probably say uh, four backs the whole way. Okay. That doesn't mean it wouldn't surprise me if we went three. But if I had to actually like take a stand, I would say we'll we'll go with four. Okay. Do you do you have a you have you have some inklings over there? What are your? Inklings? I don't have any inklings. I guess I would just say if if I were gonna do it, I would probably. To do the three four three against Honduras, and then give you know give Sands that chance to flex from the middle of the three man back line. But honestly, there are many many iterations of these lineups that are fi- that I'd be fine with. Um, so, which is why I, that that's one of the reasons I I feel like okay about saying that nine points is is there for the taking because there are so many iterations that that could work. Rather than it being like, okay, if as long as everything fits together just perfectly, we can get out of here with nine points. It's like, oh man, there are a lot of flex points uh, for this team at this point. Yeah, I do not want to. I do not want Christian Roldan to start a game in the midfield, and I don't want him to start a game on the wing either because we have too many other wingers. So, I mean, that's a concern for me. I, do, I would. I wouldn't mind bringing if we're. If we're beating Canada and McKenney needs some rest because he will have played, uh, I mean, same thing for the El Salvador game. I have rolled on as like sort of the guy to come in and eat minutes for McKenney, but it's tough, uh, man. It's, it's, it's not comfortable. I'm, I'm the same as you. So he's the, basically the one guy who I'm like, if he's in center midfield, I'm very uncomfortable. If it's a, if it's like a tightly contested game. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it was very clear in the gold cup that he wasn't that good. I thought in the midfield. So I don't know what Berhalter's seeing there, um, but there's other there's other factors. He's a good locker room guy and stuff. But should we talk about the Honduras lineup? Do you have yours? I, I have it, but I'm sure by the time we get to Honduras, it's going to be like who still has legs? They're yeah. starting. <laughs> I was going to say the Honduras is like just piece it together on the day that you have to piece it together. Which which still will put us in a much better spot than any team like Honduras, for example, who doesn't have their best player in Albert Elise and who has to uh, piece it together with way fewer depth options who have probably played a lot more minutes. Yeah. I guess if we... So the way I look at it is that the 3-4-3 is somewhat appealing in the Honduras game because then we would we would have a chance to like rest some of the, I mean we're, we're resting them so that they can go back healthy to their clubs I guess but <laughs> but they, you can't run out you can't run out the same guys three games in a row for 90 minutes so there's there's limits to this like we've been talking about this whole episode so uh you could do a 3-4-3 three, three, and then you'd have some flexibility if Sands is in the middle of it 
okay, maybe go back to Zimmerman. Probably do go back to Zimmerman. Uh, I, I guess you could bring Ream in as your left center back. No, I'm going Brooks. This is Brooks okay. is starting two games in a row. He did it. He started against Honduras and he started against Mexico. So as long as we give him the El Salvador game day off, then he will have played for his club. I think on Sunday he and that's the other thing that uh, I was checking on was like their actual club calendar. Oh, yeah. uh, Brooks is playing Tyler Adams on Sunday. Uh, I think the like the late afternoon kickoff in in Germany. So um, then he's coming back. So you give him until the Sunday match against Canada. And then you play him again on the tight turnaround because he just had a week off ahead of the Canada game. So that's sold. my that's I'm my sold. Brooks rationale. And there's no way I only want to get one game out of John Brooks. So I, I, yeah. I'm running Brooks there. Totally, totally agree. I, I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> um, so then so then you could maybe I, I would have considered starting Bello at left back in this match. Sure. Um, and then probably start Dest again at right back. I'd be, I guess it'd be a wing back, and then you'd have um. Ugh, what do you do in the midfield? What do you do in the <laughs> midfield at this point in the window? So this is this is where I'm running Adams McKenny Reina. Okay, this is where I'll throw it out there. If 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 any of us win this, whether you get it with Canada or I get it with Honduras, that's going to be a fun day. If they announce that, if they announce that eleven, yeah. And then you've got um. And then you who do you have as your front three in that final game? I've got Pulisic, Wea, and Sargent. The other thing is, th- this is like uh, the game where I think Reyna will be the best suited to play that 10. I don't think Honduras is going to press us. I think they're going to sit, play in that sort of 4-4-2 that we saw through most of Gold Cup. We saw it in the Nations League. Uh, and I think there's just going to be room for Reyna to operate more as a 10 uh, in that game. So even though he'd be, put, rather than you know putting him in that midfield role and having him play more as a pure 8, like I want him to have a lot of 10-ish uh, freedom. And so I think the Honduras game is going to be the, the game for him to do that. Or I, I'm, I'm optimistic that's possible. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have uh, Pulisic, Sargent, and Wea again. Same. Yeah. Um, but my midfield, if, if Sands is flexing from the back to the, the CDM, um, central defensive midfield, I would have, um, let's see, I guess... Adams and McKenney as my eights for sure so yeah so you probably don't have are you are you giving Reyna a break then and running pool six sergeant way as your three yeah because Reyna will have started both of the first two games Correct. he's yeah. very much on very much available off the bench hopefully uh I don't feel strongly about that Honduras lineup <laughs> I don't I just I just I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be chaos by that point and it's it's gonna be it's going to be diff. The choices are not these choices we're making on paper aren't going to really fly. <laughs> and I'll just add, even even for the the first two games, where we're like more certain about things. Yeah, <laughs> they're like eight coin tosses. Yeah, but it's fun to talk about because the um because there are a lot of interesting wrinkles here. Nine points, bells. I mean, I I I could lie and say I'd be happy with seven, but I'd be lying. <laughs> I'd, I'll, be, I'll be happy with seven. Give me seven points. I'm, I'm, I'm walking out of here okay. But one, like getting, getting one win on the road uh, to start things off would be gives. I mean, it doesn't seem like much, but uh, again, in that in that formula, like you can average out to to draw on the road. So getting one win on the road right away buys you two losses down the line. So that's why it's so huge to not uh, to not fluff the lines against El Salvador away, Panama away. Uh, so it's it's a it's a big one to try to sneak some of these points. Yeah. And I think that I think that Canada game is going to be a pretty I mean it's it's shaping up to be a pretty soccer game. I'm really uh really looking forward to that. By the way, I mentioned this on the last pod, we're having a we're having a scuffed tailgate parking lot R. Greg's not going to be there unfortunately. He has prior commitments before this was any any of this was scheduled. Um but uh, I think we're going to have a keg of beer. And maybe a little bit of food and uh, some other stuff. So come by, come by and say hi. I will donate to supply to supply a cooler of water uh, for to just have an alternative beverage available. Nope, not allowed. <laughs> uh, anything else? Anything else? Uh, Champions League draw happened this morning too. Big news day in the soccer world. Um, 
We're not going to re- we're not going to rehash that here, Bells. You got to go find out the Champions League draw on your own. There are a okay. lot of U.S. players in it. Yeah, fair enough. Aronson and Pfott qualified. Aronson with a, a tidy little goal. Uh, just what, what was going on with that goal? Kind of just slid it past the goalkeeper. Quick feet. He's got quick feet, that one. Frenetic feet. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you.